0: You cannot go on social media today and see and, not, and avoid, oh, my God, this person's a Gemini. Or guess what sign this is? Oh, my God, this person's totally a Taurus. I'm just like, okay, it's interesting. Joining me today, I have someone talk about all things astrology, star signs. And the first things first, is there any truth to these things? <laughs> that's a, That's a
1: fantastic <laughs> question, and the answer is I, I have I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I study it. I, I mean, I you know I study it academically, but I'm I'm never in the business of telling people what to believe or what they shouldn't believe. You know, if you say to someone that, oh, you know, astrology isn't scientific. Well, they go, it's a matter of belief. You can't, you know, scientifically okay. prove God. You can't scientifically prove angels. You probably can't scientifically prove astrology. Personally, I really am not particularly interested in whether it's real or not. I'm more interested okay. in wondering why people would believe what they do and what that tells about society as a whole.
0: Dope, dope, dope. So let's unpack that then. Give us the briefest history lesson. Where did it come from? Why has it been such a part and parcel of human history?
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And it's such an interesting history. Astrology yeah. today often talks about, you know, sun signs and whatnot. You quite humorously pointed out that <laughs> every time you're on social media, someone's talking something about sun sign. And more often than not, it's talking trash, right? Man, I hate the yeah. Geminis. Man, Sagittarius is the worst, right? It's very exactly. common. But in reality, the history is very deep and it's very complicated. Okay. And some of it is not ecclesial. Clearly understood, but we assume, or the kind of evidence that we have, is that the earliest examples of astrology probably come from the Babylonian period in ancient okay. history. So we're talking about thousands and thousands of years ago, wow. and we have evidence in cuneiforms of people talking about certain things happening in the heavens and that having an effect on the world around them. So they'll note, for example, exactly. oh, the red star has, has risen. That must mean that we're going to have a famine of some sort. So these early mm. astral omens or celestial omens then get picked up in the sort of first century or so by the Hellenic world. And that's when we start to see a more systematized approach to this in which you divide up the actual heavens into an ecliptic of 12 zodiac signs, along with oh. seven classical planets, you know, starting from Mercury, ending with Saturn. And where all of these are placed within this ecliptic of 12 zodiacs, then has an effect on a person's birth, their life, their future, whether someone will become a king or whether someone will die early or whether they'll get married or not. This is then further okay. picked up by the Muslims and the Arabs and the Persians in the 8th yeah. and the 10th century CE and developed into the astrology we know today. This is passed down into Europe and then eventually, unfortunately, it dies out kind of in the 18th century. Okay. Goes away and then all of a sudden newspapers start. And with the rise of newspaper come with the idea that, hey, if we're going to sell these papers, we need something to catch people's attention. And that's the birth of modern sun signs. So sun signs are intimately tied to the idea of selling newspapers, a little bit of capitalist history there. But they are a (laughs) remnant, if you will, a sort of a a, a vestigial remnant of a much older, deeper, pre-modern science that goes all the way back to the Babylonians, to the Greeks, and even to the Muslims
0: so historically there was like this kind of interplay of whatever month you're born in did it did it get as specific as the day as well
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So once we start seeing in Hellenic astrology the emergence yeah. of the idea that you can calculate the specific time of a person's birth, at the okay. moment that you're born, a certain sign is rising over the horizon. This was known as the ascendant. And so the ascendant. You have to then... break this
0: down for me. I professor. know. So the ascendant. So, okay, so what we're talking about, we're talking about, I'm trying to picture it in my head, yeah? Yeah. So. We're splitting it up into 12 zodiac signs. Yes. And each zodiac sign correlates with what?
1: Each zodiac sign correlates with a sort of time period within the year. It starts with with Aries, which is springtime, or the vernal equinox, right? And it ends with with Pisces. So there's a way of dividing up the calendar. That's the movement of the sun, though. But, you know, so many people are born within a particular month. So how does this become more personalized if you will and so this pre-modern spiritual science if you will the greeks what they did is that they would look at the moment of a person's birth what sign was rising that would be considered what's known as the ascendant so this would be the sign literally on the horizon of your birth and then from that sign working in order they would then catalog the horoscope and based off of that exact moment where the planets were in the zodiac, so not just the sun. Your Mercury is in Gemini, and your Venus is yeah. Because in- you know we hear it all
0: the time. Oh my God, guys, I'm just sorry. You know, Venus is in retrograde right now. I'm having a bad moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, the Mercury in retrograde, or or as Twitter likes to call it, Mercury in Gatorade, is a very, yes. very, very, popular uh, stereotype or a very popular sort of story. And the idea is that the movement of the planets, and in particular this yeah. instance, Mercury, would have some type of effect on people's communication. Why? Mm. Because Mercury was classically associated with communication. So it actually gets quite precise. Wow. This is why, as wow. an academic, when I when I study this, I often tell people that we're not just studying, you know, superstitions that people believed in the in the past, but we're genuinely yeah. studying an ancient form of science, a way of trying to wow. understand a person's place in the broader world. What does it mean to be wow. born in June 15th of whatever? And what does that yeah. mean for you long term? What is your place in the universe, in the world, wow. in the dynasty and in the city that you lived in?
0: Wow. So was there like this thing of was it the same for every single year, for example, or did they pinpoint? Yes, for example, let's say me. I'm born in December eighth, ninety three. I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah. Or am I supposed to have the same characteristics as everyone born in December the eighth? Ah, Christ. yeah, that's
1: a fantastic question. Yeah. So how did you personalize if so many people are born on December 8th? Well, your sun yes. sign is Sagittarius, but at the specific yeah. moment that you're born, maybe you have yeah. Gemini rising. So Gemini would have been on your ascendant, and that would also mm. shape your personality. Then you would ask, where is your moon, right? Was your moon in Virgo, perhaps? That also would have What do you mean Paris. by my moon? So the, where the position of the moon was at the okay. moment of your birth. So all of the planets would be placed right. out onto this 12 zodiacs not just the sun but Mercury, okay. Venus you would even have Jupiter, Saturn all of these where would they be at the exact moment of your birth now okay. part of this in today is really associated with personality right we often talk about yes. oh I'm a Sagittarius that means you know I'm a flirt <laughs> or I, I'm, a, <laughs> I mean, I'm a I
0: mean I think I can attest to that fact <laughs> <right>? but <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I, I'm a Taurus and I and I really love to eat or whatever it is but in Actuality, okay, yeah. the majority of the horoscope was very dedicated towards prognostication, towards predicting the future. It was very little to do with personality. Generally, your ascendant okay. was you know associated with okay, this person has a particular temperament. They're friendly. They're nice. Or this person is inclined towards bad thoughts, or whatever. But the majority yeah. of the horoscope would be about, okay, this person's Jupiter happens to be in Sagittarius. That means that this is a person who's going to likely become a king, or this person is mm. going to become a philosopher. So it was fundamentally about understanding people's destiny. It was really a way in which ancient people tried to understand where what, what their place was in the world, trying to make sense wow. of the chaos of life.
0: Wow, and this knowledge—well, this knowledge then tied into you know we see many kind of ancient mythic films, which I personally enjoy. So right now, what's coming to mind is the scene in Three Hundred when we see the king going to the oracle,
1: yes, and the oracle yes.
0: saying to him, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna have a lot of losses, whatever it may be. Is mm-hmm. that kind of tied in here?
1: Yeah. So when I teach my students history, i we do a classic called Empires of Faith, and one of the things that we talk about is that every ancient civilization had a way of interacting with the gods. A way of understanding mm. divinity. And this okay. is still, even to this day, I mean, we can we can try to dismiss this sort of ancient belief, but we pray for guidance, right? People who are Muslim, yep. Christian, or Jewish have prayers of guidance, right? And yep. you, you know, looking for signs from God. Well, the ancient people did yes. as well. And they have a variety of different oracles throughout the world. In in ancient China, they would look at bones that would crack in a fire, oracle bones that they would interpret. Wow. But in ancient Greece, and in particular in the Islamic world and the medieval world, it was astrology. It was a way of understanding what it was that was going to happen, what it was that the divine wanted to happen, the will of God or the will of the gods, trying to understand what it fundamentally meant. As an example of this, most of the wars that we find in the medieval era, particularly during the time of the Abbasids, are timed yes. face of astrologers. They would turn to these wow. astrologers and ask, what do I do next? What does this mean? So, for example, you mentioned Sagittarius. It was quite common yes. that uh, war, the, the Abbasids would wage war during the season of Sagittarius, because Sagittarius was the season of war. When the sun entered okay. Sagittarius, who was this? Which was the sign of the warrior, the sign of the centaur, the sign of the horse? You would wage war, but when the sun entered into Aquarius, you would need to stop because Aquarius was the time of peace. Now part of the reason for this was that aquarius happened to rule over winter and so the rains would start and this would be an okay okay, time for battle and so what we're seeing is that this ancient form of knowledge was not just a way of understanding the world around you but also a way of organizing your daily activities whether that was as an individual or it was as a king or ruler of some sort
0: that's super interesting i mean you and I obviously are Muslim, yep. so when we hear a lot of people today on social media or in general throughout history, people will say, oh, this is, you know, this is absolute disbelief to any, have yes. any, any kind yeah. of interaction with astrology. But what you're saying then, even people who lived in Muslim majority, even such as far as the rulership, oh, engage yeah. in this.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is often the pushback I get, right, With when I teach this history, but all good history yeah. challenges our preconceived notions. I always mm-hmm. point out the fact that astrology wasn't just sort of some deletante science that a couple, you know, weird rulers were into. It was yeah. so to medieval Muslim society. It wasn't just a sort of side thing that people did. It was integrated wow. into the science and mathematics and knowledge of the time period. It was related to al-Khorezmi's algorithms and emergence of algebra. It was related to al-Tusi's calculations of the movement of the planets. And it was this whole system wow. of knowledge. And so it was deeply integrated in Islamic society. A prime example of this is the city of Baghdad itself, when mm-hmm. the Abbasids overthrew the Umayyads in the medieval period, and they decided to create a new capital, they said, you know what, Damascus, that's for the Umayyads. We're going to create our own city, yeah, yeah. Salam, the city of peace, which we today know as Baghdad. They turned to astrologers. They turned to an astrologer named Mashallah ibn Athari and to an astrologer known as Naubacht. And they said, we want you to pick a perfect moment for us so that we can build a grand city. And they did. They picked a particular moment for the founding of Baghdad that was associated with astrological principles. They associated with uh, the sun being in Leo, which was the sign of kings, and Sagittarius rising, which was the sign of philosophers and kings. Not only did they pick the specific timing, but even the design of the city. Baghdad was a circular city with a series of rings that was meant to reflect the heavens, the planets, and their movements. Astrology was deeply intertwined into medieval Muslim society.
0: No, you're blowing my mind. You're actually blowing my mind. So the question is, we go from this deep tradition that's like this ancient scientific knowledge that is actually like trying to work out the the will of the divine on earth. How have mm-hmm. we got to what we see today? <laughs> I have to ask you that then. How have we got to it being so commercialized? And literally we see things like, you know, I've seen you pull it up as well, but I've seen places like the Shade Room and all these places saying, oh guys, guess what sign this is? And they was like, oh my God, this must be a Gemini. Oh my God, it must be a Sagittarius. Like what, what happened? What ha, What happened?
1: <laughs> yeah, this, is a, this is such a good question. It's such a fantastic question because there's really two factors here that you've got to talk yeah. about. First is the emergence of modern print capitalism right so in the astrology ends up dying with the emergence of modern science astrology is deemed unscientific it's deemed inaccurate and so forth it separates formally from astronomy in the 18th century or so and so astrology is is treated as a sort of superstition by scientists and so it dies out okay most astrologers go away there's no real main textbooks of astrology But in the 19th century, with the emergence of print capital, that is newspapers, we see that Mm -hmm. a group of basically media personalities and media writers will revive astrology as a way of selling newspapers. And they simplify it. They take it from this complicated sort of pre-modern science that involves all sorts of calculations of the exact moment of birth, and they make it simple. Not everyone knows the exact time that they're born, right? Not everyone has a birth certificate, but everyone knows at least the day that they're born. Okay, so Mm. you're born, you know, in early June, you know, June 8th. Okay, that makes you a Gemini. You're born in, you know, May 7th. That makes you a Taurus. And then they give very brief, simple explanations for these signs, oh, this means that you're inclined towards this type of personality, or you're inclined mm-hmm. towards having a good day, or you know Thursday is going to be really rough for you. It was just a sort of fun entertainment activity oh, that was okay. associated with newspapers. Then you have yes. the internet. <laughs> The internet and the age of the millennials and Gen Z brings astrology back to the forefront. It becomes part of internet culture. This is what's so interesting, is that it goes from being this thing that some people are interested in, some people might read their horoscope, but really not go any further than that. But with the introduction of the internet, suddenly you're now connected in a way that you've never been before. And astrology gets Mm. interwoven into internet culture. It becomes a meme it becomes inside jokes and it also becomes yep. most importantly accessible to everybody now anybody yes. can pull up their chart you can just go to a website astro.com or whatever right yes. and so it's the accessibility the internet added on top of the history of print capitalism that really brings astrology back into popular consciousness we are living through a really interesting moment for people like mm-hmm. me who are historians of science and historians of astrology because people yes. can talk about the revival of astrology where you're now starting to see you know astrologers have netflix series and they publish <laughs> massive books that are new york times bestsellers this is yep, a really real. interesting moment to live through
0: do you, would you say that we still have true astrologers in our time
1: I would say so. There's certainly a a revival from the, I would say, the 80s on. There was an attempt by professional astrologers to revive what they call traditional astrology. And traditional astrology was them translating some of the older texts. Part of it involved You know, kind of rediscovering the English astrologers of the early modern era, sixteenth and seventeenth century, like William Lilly. Some of it involved translating older uh, medieval writers like Bonatti, and some of them even involved you know finally realizing, oh wait a minute, there's these Muslim writers as well. And so there is a there is a movement you can call it the astrology revival movement or the traditional astrology movement. And these are people who are you know identify themselves as professional astrologers but who have a sort of historical bent to them they're interested in the historical practice of astrology not just what we see in the modern practice online or in newspapers
0: yeah totally no i get that i get that we spoke a little bit about the kind of muslims interacting with astrology and how Mm -hmm. you know so heavily intertwined what about other religious faith groups and their and their interaction with astrology
1: yeah they're all three of the major and the christians for example Yes, without a doubt, they had uh, an integration with astrology. Christianity, particularly in the medieval and Renaissance periods, will find astrology. It won't be as integrated into the society as it is in the Islamic world. I mean, the astrologers of the Islamic world really are major figures. These are people who become important from from the 9th century all the way to the 18th century with the Mughals. But they will be a sort of elite group of astrologers in Europe, particularly cardinals, some bishops, a few few intellectual court astrologers. And so there will be astrology that is intertwined with Christianity. It is sometimes a tense relationship, just like it is in Islam, just like in, in Judaism. Judaism itself will also have some very prominent astrologers who use astrology to try to explain things like the emergence of a Messiah, the emergence of the Jewish faith. Ibn Ezra is a famous Jewish astrologer. Uh, From the medieval period, Mm. and then we also find astrology uh, outside of the sort of Mediterranean, Middle East, and European world in other parts of the world in South Asia, Vedic astrology or Indic astrology, an ancient practice that intersects with Greek astrology and even intersects with the Islamic world, will become an important Mm. religious and spiritual tradition that's thousands of years old and continues until this particular day. And then there's other forms of astrology that I'm not even very familiar with, Chinese astrology. It exists, for example, wow. that has a sort of continuous practice, and so astrology is a worldwide phenomenon, and it does touch yeah. on a variety of different religious traditions.
0: Um, my mind is actually blown right now. I didn't <laughs> realize it, it's you know, a lot you know of information,
1: could, isn't it? <laughs> no,
0: it's amazing because I see your stuff and I'm like, this is so fascinating. <laughs> but then, and, and I feel like you've opened up a world to me just in this last twenty minutes, which has been fascinating for me. Because I'm telling you, up until this point, I'm just a, like. Oh, horoscopes man you man are just talk- <laughs> you man are just so bored now and I, and that's and you know to be frank I'll be like someone would say to me oh I'm sorry you know it's because I'm a Gemini I'm like no it's because you're an, I'm not going to swear no it's because you're an idiot that's that's why but seeing the kind of level and depth to it I might not take the horoscopes as so seriously but I love them I'm loving the history lesson I'm getting right now you so know, I cannot let you go without off to, top of your head let's talk about a few signs give, give me some breakdown of a few signs sure you know, sure. Anyone, I can anyone talk anyone you like
1: yeah, I can talk a little bit about sort of the the basic sketch that we often find for the horoscopes and they do differ quite significantly from the way that we talk about Horoscopes today, where you know you you look up whether it's online or or you examine it, um, you know, you know on a newspaper. I don't think anyone actually picks up newspapers anymore, exactly. but you know it's very different. So let's take Sagittarius, since you're a Sagittarius, right? Yay! So there's there's some very traditional explanations. So Sagittarius in the Islamic world is known as Al qaus This is the archer okay. or the bow.
0: Mm-hmm. And Abu
1: yeah. Mashar, who is one of the famous astrologers, along with Al Biruni, another famous astrologer, and Mashallah. Give a series of sort of characteristics of what you can expect from a Sagittarius, and they say that Sagittariuses mm-hmm. are generally attractive. They're noble of spirit. They have a way oh, with 100%. words. That, I mean, that,
0: not, that's just facts. That's just I facts. Mean,
1: here we are. I'm saying,
0: pod- now I believe in horoscopes. Now you see, <laughs> now I, I knew I knew something it's missing. True. Now I mean,
1: it's real. <laughs> here you are on a podcast. You have a way with words, right? They're skilled with influencing people. <laughs> they're also said to be uh, friendly, generous, persuasive, and amiable. So this is kind of basic characteristics, right? Like, so, all right, okay. this is sort the of stuff. But then they also go into a little bit more deeper details. So, for example, they say they're good at philosophy. They tend to be good at religious no. matters. They tend to be good at writing and creativity. But. They have dual natures. They have one, they have a publicly amicable side. That is the side that is very charming and persuasive. Mm-hmm. But they have deep passions and interests and they tend to hold grudges. They don't forgive very easily. So oh there's Oh my God, so, why are you
0: describing my life?
1: <laughs> so, you know, they they sketch out all these important and interesting details. But then they go even further, right? Because part of the the medieval astrological tradition was about predicting. What does it mean? for a person's okay. life like where where are things going so if one of the things that they mentioned is they often have few children but have mo- many partners they tend to have an inclination for more than one marriage so this is an aspect of of prediction if you're a Sagittarius you're going to have more than one partner in your life so they they have these kind of <laughs> components of mixed. are you, temper- you saying
0: <laughs> is is <laughs> professor ali telling me that i belong to the streets
1: it's a, it's a way of saying that this was the original sign of the player. This was the original oh. sign of the, of the person who belonged to the streets. <laughs>
0: Disclaimer, guys, I did not belong to this tree. This is where a host horoscope's astrology goes wrong. But anyway, carry on, please. (laughs) So what's my sign to get with?
1: Yeah, so the fascinating aspect of of this would be that a medieval astrologer would not only look at your particular sun sign or your uh, ascendant in particular or in your horoscope, but then may offer a variety of different other things. So there's another component of astrology known as annual forecasting, in which the astrologer would then make specific predictions based off of your years. So for example, you're 23 years old, we'll say, right? They would then move the sun back to the exact moment of your birth, which would create a whole new chart because it's in a different year. And based off of that chart, they would then break down the year. This was a very important part of their services that they provided for kings and rulers. Not only were they present at the moment of the king's birth to tell them, okay, your prince is going to live this many years. It's going to become your your successor. He's going to be a good successor, liberal-minded, friendly, etc. But then would say, this is the year in which you're going to face a famine, in which your people will go hungry. This is the year in which you'll have a flood so you need to be mindful of it and so there was this way of consulting year by year that they would provide for people so that you have this very complicated system that would take wow. lifetimes of study in order to master and then they would use this in order to advise kings and rulers uh, and guide them in regards to both their life but also in governing society
0: wow oh that- Nah, no, I'm, I'm actually, so I'm just so mind blown right now. In terms of, I'm actually not sure if you know the top of your head, is there any particular sign I should be going for? Since I already belong to the streets, I might as well embrace it. Ah, my yes.
1: So, like in terms of, of partners, <laughs> so there's a very common yes. common idea that, that Sagittarius works very well with signs like uh, Taurus, and Taurus tends okay. to stabilize Sagittarius to okay. a certain degree. Virgo, well, Taurus. Tends- your mom's a Taurus, so there's a connection there. No, so no, vote.
0: no, what, what month is
1: Taurus? Taurus is uh, May. So, uh, May, okay. It's late April to May. I think May 20th okay. is, is the cutoff for it. Uh, okay. Virgo is another common sign. That's for- September, isn't it? Yeah, that's so September, that's September. And then Aquarius is another very common partner for it. Leo sometimes, though they, t- they traditional astrologers will say that Leo and Sagittarius butt heads a lot. Okay. And <laughs> they, they tend to have a little bit of tension. If there.
0: if anyone who's listening is a Virgo, an Aquarius, or a Taurus, please slide in my DMs. Slide in my DMs. They're open. Yeah, we can we can make we can take over the world together. <laughs>
1: I, I definitely knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there anything else we should know or anything you'd like to impart to our listeners on astrology? I mean, yeah. I think we've covered so much, but yeah, anything it's, you'd like to it's, please it's
1: add? A lot of information in a short period of time. So hopefully people will find a little bit of interest in this. But fundamentally, the, the thing that I want to impart is that when when academics talk about astrology, it really isn't about whether you should believe in astrology or not. That's not okay. what I'm interested. In. But rather it shows us the complicated way that peoples of the past understood the world around them. It's easy mm. to dismiss medieval people and ancient people and say, oh, they're just superstitious. Or, oh they and didn't, they're backwards. They, yeah, they're backwards. They didn't have accurate sciences, so all this astrology stuff is bunk. But in actuality, what stuff like this demonstrates to us is look at the advanced calculations that are going into it. That wow. speaks to the mathematics, to the to the algorithms, to the ability to be exactly. really precise. Not just the day that you were born, but the second, the minute, the hour that you were born would then have an impact on you. The way that they were able to understand the movement of the planets is very, I mean, regardless of whether the planet has an effect on your personal life, they're able to accurately determine whether Sagittarius... You know, Jupiter will be in Sagittarius six years from now. So what we're looking at is a very advanced way of trying to make sense of the world around us. And that should be similar. That should be familiar to all of us because we're still doing it to this very day. We're just trying to figure out what our place in the world is.
0: That's all we're trying to do. Nah, that's that that's epic man that's epic i mean guys this has been such a dope conversation i mean you can find professor ali on twitter i'm going to post his handles in the comments please follow him and his writings are epic like i'm telling you, you can sit there and read his threads and yeah. like, it's like you're reading a, a novel and you're most novel. kind so, <laughs> and so thank you so much for coming on this has been it was a, pleasure. a malcolm effect with, thank you so much this is the malcolm effect with mama do please like comment subscribe whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or on YouTube. Drop a comment, like, and a rating. Again, I'm definitely going to have you on again if you would be so happy and be so kind to come on again. This has been an absolute pleasure for have a conversation for me. Uh, of course. Thank <laughs> Take you. Take care. Thank you.